how do they how does uh, dream theater even really the dude really sing he just kind of sings like falsetto -y. i don't want to talk about this band singer at all pretend like it doesn't exist yeah if you ignore it it'll go away dream theater i believe we can get <laughs> me through the night dream theater. i've never listened to a dream theater song beginning to end it and takes too long i don't have that kind of time I don't have that kind of patience, and uh, it's too fucking brutally boring. Honestly, I can't. I, I, I can't uh, 30 seconds, maybe 45. Dream Theater answers the question, what if metal was no longer any kind of fun at all? Isn't metal supposed to be fun in a lot of ways? Isn't that the point? If metal is like a derivative, a heavier version of rock and roll, it gets heavier progressively. Dream Theater, I don't even think, falls into the same category. It should be in its own category of maybe like classical music, I guess. Guitar-driven classical music. Is it even heavy metal? I don't. It's not heavy metal. It does not fit any genre. It, it's on its own little island of self-flating bullshit. Metal that got lost somewhere along the way and ended up with its head up its own ass. If you were to transpose it to piano, you probably wouldn't think anything of it. Here's how fun Dream Theater isn't. There has never been a Dream Theater song licensed for a comedy movie. You know how basically any big comedy movie since the late 80s, early 90s has a metal song in it at some point? Mm -hmm. uh, Master of Puppets plays during the kidnapping hazing scene of old school. Metal and comedy movies go hand in hand, but... Not dream theater. Well, metal, I think, uh, gives you like an emotional response. You know what I mean? And maybe it's anger a lot of times or whatever. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to go to the gym and fucking lift this heavy weight and listen to fucking Pantera and fuck you. And But nobody, nobody's ever said, oh my God, I'm going to try and do a PR of this fucking deadlift while I listen to a dream theater self-masturbation song. Dream theater is what happens when people think the band Tool doesn't take itself seriously enough. As I sip on my wine at this heavy metal show. Heavy metal? Really enjoy this band and this red wine at this heavy metal show. Dude, white, please. White with metal. <laughs> Dream Theater is essentially the 14-year-old son of the band Rush. Dream Theater literally started as a Rush cover band who then also threw in some Iron Maiden songs every now and then. Have people who listen to this band not heard of System of a Down? That's the biggest question that I have tonight. Well, I think fans of this band, like so many of the bands we cover, but certainly Dream Theater, hardcore Dream Theater fan, they definitely think that System of a Down and majority of other music that's not this sucks. Dream Theater breeds elitism. I am listening to the pinnacle of music and everything short of Bach sucks ass. The same thing happens, I think, with Dream Theater, where they're like, oh, you listen to System of a Down? <laughs> Wow. You listen to not Dream Theater? What do you like? Drink Bud Light? <laughs> you should listen to Dream Theater and then you would never listen to that again. I just think more people need to be listening to System of a Down and not Dream Theater. I think that people listening to Dream Theater is certainly how we ended up with the band Coheed and Cambria. It's not like there are no consequences to this shit. Yeah. You listen to Dream Theater and then we've all got to fucking put up with Coheed and Cambria for five years. I'm going to start calling these bands Peach Fuzz Metal. That's exactly what it is. This is what you listen to when you get your first Peach Fuzz on your face. It's not like man music. This is little boy music. This yeah. is shit that a 14-year-old kid's idea of what a cool 
band he would start someday. This is proof to me. Remove the elitist people that think that their musical tastes are higher and mighty than everybody else's. The general public doesn't care how fast you can play your fucking guitar or your keyboard. Nobody cares. If you're a young kid listening to this podcast for some reason, you're like, I want to learn how to be in a band. Well, don't do what Dream Theater does. Watch this drum solo that nobody on earth gives a shit about except for five other drummers in the crowd. And some poor girlfriends that got dragged there going, what the fuck is this shit? This is a fucking neckbeard paradise, dude. That's what this shit is. I'm pretty sure that the guy playing drums in Dream Theater right now currently holds the world record for most taps in a minute, like most taps in 60 seconds. Mm. Cool, dude. Wow, dude. (laughs) That's uh, definitely going to get you laid for sure. Way to turn making music into a sports competition, I guess. Is it just an endurance thing? I mean, I know that Petrucci is super into weightlifting. So it's just basically just reps. They're not writing music. They're doing reps. That's what it is. It's just like an exercise in show that we can do it. But nobody cares outside of their weirdo fan base. There are so many people that listen to this podcast. They're like, I've never even listened to this band. Who's Dream Theater is something we're going to get posted on this episode for fucking sure. And they're going to go listen to it. And hopefully they come right back to the comment section and go, oh, my God, what is this shit? The song Take the Time from Images and Words sounds like someone had Ugly Kid Joe rap over a band making fun of Red Era King Crimson. I think this story probably came up in the Beatles episode. Uh, It might have been another one. I know it's been brought up on the show before. But that story about um, Brian Wilson in the studio and he has the studio musician bass player play in a different key from what the song is in. And everyone's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's going to sound great. Don't worry. I know if they had done that and it didn't sound good the way that he thought it would. I believe that Brian Wilson would have been like, I was wrong. Let's not release this Mm -hmm. dream theater. Everything seems like a concept that started on paper. What if we went from playing in this mode to this mode to this mode and then moved from this time signature to this time signature to this time signature. People don't really do that. Let's try to do that. And then they do it, and it sounds like complete dick. But that part doesn't matter. It's almost like the, the whole point. The fact that they thought of it is good enough for them to just have it be the, what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. And maybe that's why they don't sell albums. I don't know if you've ever looked up this band's record sales, but it's never been good. Real fast, just while we're talking about bands that people should be listening to instead of this shit. Uh, I don't believe I brought this band up on the podcast before. King's X. What about King's X? Dream Theater's band name might as well be, we assume you've not heard King's X before. Otherwise, you wouldn't let us get away with any of this shit. They also fall into, it just made me think of this, like the fact that like, it's really just two original members. So it's like really just circuit of, of people coming through. So who's even really the thought behind it? What's weird is, so the band is obviously heavily influenced by Rush. They don't pretend like they're not. They take Rush and they make it even worse, which is really fucking saying something. Kind of impressive. It really is impressive. Already nerdy shit and like, whoa, whoa, that's nerdy. Wait, wait till we do it. <laughs> but it's really weird to think there's definitely heavier Rush riffs. There are heavier b-sides for rush than anything dream theater ever wrote and yet people consider dream theater a metal band yeah the working man riff is heavier than dream theater's whole discography does this band name just mean brain your brain is where dreams happen but theater of dreams would just be the brain also commonly used as a nickname for a nutsack 
Mm-hmm. This band name is basically it's, Nutsack. It's, nutsack. Hangbrain. The thing about Dream Theater that I find really interesting. This band started trying to be a band in 1985, the year 1985, which is right when everyone was trying to sound like Van Halen light in order to get on the radio with power ballads and such. But then they went through all of the typical metal band shit of replacing singers and, you know, low level metal bands just cannot keep it together. It's one of the funniest things about every metal band's origin story replacing singers they get sued for their first dumbass band name that they thought was original enough um, to use Ma- majesty majesty yeah majesty. which is like they still just use that same logo right even though that's not their band name anymore i don't know again i feel it's like pretty lazy i feel like once they believe they have had a good idea that fucker's staying yeah this is our good idea so by the time they get around to releasing an album with most of the lineup everyone considers to be the beginning of actual dream theater, it's fucking 1992. However, they are still trying to sound like the 80s, and they keep trying to sound like the 80s for way too long. Queensryche had existed for over a decade by the time the first dream theater album came out. So why would anyone care? And for the most part, people don't. Dream Theater is another one of those bands that it seems to me as if people who care about this believe there are many more people who care about this. I wonder if it's just like the law of time. If our podcast had been around since 1985, we would probably be a fucking like Joe Rogan or bigger size podcast just because we've been around for so fucking long. The nature of being around for 40 years, you're inevitably going to pick up a few people here and there. And then it just slowly kind of compounds decade after decade of decade of doing the same shit over and over and over again. Hey, gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest T-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. The most hilarious thing about Dream Theater is how heavy a lot of the fans seem to believe the band is, even though it sounds to me like Dream Theater is trying to take something which almost by definition would never be a mainstream thing, quote unquote, progressive metal. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get on the radio, but then they write, play and produce it as if they are also trying to make a journey album. The production on this shit is so guys, seriously, the keyboards in this band the atmospheric keyboard shit. The beginning of the first song on Falling Into Infinity sounds like the music that the 1990s Chicago Bulls used to come out of the locker room to. Starship or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember who actually. It's, a, it's it like a real band did a real song. A real but song then it right. became the Chicago Bulls song as soon as they started using it. Synonymous with that forever. How heavy is it actually possible to be with a keyboard in the band? What's the heaviest band that has a keyboard in it? There isn't any. Horse the band, yeah. hardcore video game covers bleeding through. I don't know, dude. That's pretty bad. I can't think of any really heavy metal bands with a keyboard player. If you have a keyboard player, is it even metal? I think Foreigner is about as heavy as you can be with a keyboardist in the band. Yeah, that's fair. Also, Foreigner kicks Dream Theater in the dick all day long. Virtuoso musicians who also don't overplay. Right, they're just really fucking talented. They just write songs that people like. What a thought. But I guess here's the thing. 
maybe keyboard or like guitar or whatever, or drums, you get going really fucking fast and you think that everyone's going to be like blown away and just like suck you off because you're so good at what you do. And then it doesn't happen. And then you just go faster. So you double, yeah, you double down. <laughs> exactly. So instead of going, well, what's everyone else that's popular doing? Oh, they're writing really cool songs. Fuck that. I'm going to play faster. Do you guys ever wonder if playing fast isn't going to make more women start coming to our shows? No, no, never lose sight of the mission. We just keep getting faster and they'll come. That's right. It's like a boy who thinks he's learned everything he needs to know about sex from watching Max hardcore porn. You go on your first date and you just hawk a loogie on her face. And she's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Extremely what in the fuck did you just do to me? Uh, I thought this is what everyone liked. You go further than everyone. Else. It's what I saw on the TV. Yeah. If you manage to make it a couple minutes into the song, Erotomania, this synthesizer that sounds like a xylophone gets dumped on top of the whole song like these guys believe they are hot rats era Zappa or something. It's almost like if you listen to metal, then you're not allowed to listen to other genres. So if a metalhead ever wants to have a nice self-care night at home with a bubble bath and some scented candles, then they need something like Dream Theater to throw on so nobody can call them a pussy for listening to Enya or whatever. Right. It's basically metal Enya. There's a 100% chance that some self-proclaimed metalhead has cried himself in his bathtub listening to Dream Theater. That is the truth. <laughs> that is what has happened in the history of the world, for sure. Aww. Some nice young man with long hair put on a Dream Theater album and just sitting in the tub crying with his candles on. The album Awake is supposed to be the one where Dream Theater's record label told them to go in a more straightforward metal direction. And it supposedly alienated fans. Also, it's amazing how many fan theories there are to essentially explain why the band's albums don't sell more copies. The fans have to make excuses for the band. So anyways, this one was supposed to have alienated fans for being too heavy. And then you press play on the first song and the intro sounds like a Phil Collins song with the guitarist playing through a metal zone pedal. Again, on the second song, Caught in a Web, it just sounds like Peter Gabriel wondered what would happen if he booked Wayne Static to play guitar on a session. <laughs> it just doesn't work, man. It's the, it sounds like two bands playing two different songs at the same time and not at all in a cool way. It's like an ego contest. Dang, man, you're playing that guitar riff really fast. Cool. Oh, you, watch how fucking fast. I'll play Keyboard. fucking faster than you. Keyboard stabs on top oh, of it. Oh, you guys are playing fast. Well, watch how fucking fast I can fucking play. And this thing is just going <laughs> over the top of it. Everything that you're saying right now is an accurate description of the band Mars Volta, except that Mars Volta fucking shred compared to Dream Theater. You believe that all of the guys in Mars Volta have had sex. Yes, there's a there's like a soul. <laughs> there is like a sex. You can literally to dance to like yes. half of Mars Volta's discography. Yeah. If it came out someday in the future, Blade Runner actually was based on a true story, and there's actually robots living among us. Oh, the whole time we. It's crazy. Everyone's world's flipping upside down. It was fucking dream theater. All those dudes are robots. You cannot tell me otherwise. I know for a fucking fact they were putting it out in front of our face the whole time. The best thing that dream theater could do would be to get a hold of uh, the lyric sheet from Static Age by the Misfits. Read that every day, five times a day and listen to the album. You need to be a lot dumber than you are. It would help. Mm -hmm. There's another very funny thing about bands who sell basically no albums compared to nearly every other act on their label, which is their budgets for everything are way smaller. And the quickest way you can tell is by looking at the artwork on the album covers. 
if you can't look at every Dream Theater album cover and instantly tell these guys are like the smallest budget on their record label, I don't know if this podcast can actually help you. You might be beyond our care. This is what album covers look like for bands who rarely ever sell more than 100,000 copies. I think their team sprung for Storm Thorgerson artwork exactly twice in the late 90s when they thought there was a chance that this band would break through in the same wave that picked Tool up and, you know, Mudvayne and shit like that. And then, well, that didn't help. The artwork certainly wasn't worth the cost and didn't sell the album. So <laughs> let's go back to doing stuff that looks like clip art made in Windows 95. Yeah. What was that fucking uh, clip art program that was so popular back in the day that everyone used for every invitation for an entire decade? Draw or some shit like that. That like, sounds right. That whatever, little, like 90s fucking. That was what it's what it looks like. And, but it never clip evolved, guy. Yeah, never evolved past that. They were like, oh, look, here's some generic shit. We just put it on there. It'll be fine. It looks good, right? The only people who are going to look at it listen to our band, so they obviously fucking don't know what's going on. I feel on. like the story is probably, we didn't look it up, and the, prob- the story is probably, it's, oh, dude, it's the, it's the guitar player's brother. I have this sort of hate-hate relationship with the entire concept of art schools, like art colleges. Yeah. Uh, I think Dream Theater is a pretty great example of what's wrong with the entire concept of art school. I know when people think of art school bands, they think of stuff like Talking Heads or Roxy Music because those bands did go to art schools. But the thing about those bands is that they were the freaks in their class and they weren't actually doing a great job in art school. They were not model students or anything. They were the ones doing the weird shit that made all the other students think that they might actually be insane and then they go on to be you know famous dream theater is the kind of band most people who go to college for music end up being in and the reason why so few of your favorite bands have a member who went to college for music is art school can teach you a language but it cannot teach you how to have anything to say in that language If you're a fan of this band and your go-to defense of them is that they went to Berkeley, you might as well say everyone who majored in English in college last year is going to become the greatest authors of their generation. And that's not what's going to fucking happen. Listen to any early Iron Maiden album and then listen to Images and Words by Dream Theater. That is the difference between a good band and art school kids who listen to good bands. Going to art school, learning music theory, being able to play a lot of notes and having decent taste in music does not kick out a good band on the other side of the pasta maker. I feel like usually people kind of grow out of it, though. You see a lot of bands like their first album there. You can tell they're trying really fucking hard and then maybe something clicks. They loosen up and then it gets better and better and better. Only this band just got tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. It really is like they took a music theory class and instead of being like, yeah, music theory is cool, but I want to fucking do this. They went, I'm going to take a physics class and I'm going to make it in the same fucking thing. And everyone's like, what the fuck? This is the logical conclusion of people that go to art school and just paid too much, too close attention to everything that they were being taught. It's true. It's always interesting to me whenever you press play on an album from a band that's supposed to be full of the best musicians of all time, and every instrument is saturated with processing. I would love for Dream Theater to make an entire acoustic album with no effects at all. Not because I want to listen to it, but I think every Dream Theater fan should be forced to listen to it. Nobody would want to hear that shit. Even people who listen to Dream Theater wouldn't want to hear that shit. And and it's really weird and funny because Dream Theater fans are the same people who mock 
pop singers for using auto-tune. Meanwhile, you can hear how hard the vocals on every Dream Theater album are being treated. And I think effects are great. I love effects. I just also think Dream Theater doesn't do anything interesting with them. Dream Theater didn't even figure out how to get a decent guitar tone in the studio until Train of Thought in 2003. You have to trace the threads of where all these things come from. Dream Theater obviously have a huge hard-on for Peter Gabriel, and they basically flaunted it in their ripoff of Salisbury Hill, which they titled Solitary Shell, barely even trying. <laughs> and as we said in the Phil Collins episode, all of these proggy synth guys were just trying to impress Kate Bush in the first place. If you listen to her album, The Dreaming, it's not metal, but you're going to hear heavy, heavy shit. You're going to hear shredding disgusting fretless bass played on the whole album and it happens to be packaged into great songs that work for the purposes of pop music it's not just shredding for shredding's sake it's not the whole point there's a point beyond the shred imagine that fish does the same shit with all these effects they use effects pedals instead of being able to play in a way that anyone would give a shit about if they weren't using the effects they use effects as a replacement for dynamics and technique, being able to express different types of feeling without stepping out on an effects pedal. So I have a, a friend that's in a very large old school like rock and roll band. And now that we're having we're like, well, I, I'm not going to say his name or the band doesn't really Bragg. fucking matter. No, you should all like think I'm really cool because I'm so cool. Now we're having this it's conversation. Billy Corgan. It is. Fuck, dude. How the fuck did you know? <laughs> It's not Billy Corgan. No, but uh, I realized after, as we're having this conversation, because he doesn't, he just plays a guitar with a distortion pedal and a amps. We were talking about, I asked him if he wanted to come to this show or whatever. And I'm realizing that every show that he was getting invited to was at like Nine Inch Nails and all these bands with a lot of processing and they're very serious. This music is very fucking serious. And he's like, I'm in like a fucking massive party metal band. And he's a great guitar player, but he's like, I don't like any of that shit, dude. <laughs> and I was like, because it's too like serious and you just want to have fun and play music. And he's like, fuck yeah, dude. I don't want to fucking watch that shit. <laughs> like, oh, it makes total fucking sense. Now that I thought about this, I'm going to ask him if he likes Dream Theater. I'm going to. No 100% say that he absolutely thinks Dream Theater sucks. I shit. can't answer that for him. He's going to yeah. say like, well, no. yeah, they get outplay me, but fuck that. I was like, who cares? Like, that shit sucks. People bang their heads at our shows. What do people do at their shows? Drink the red wine and go. <laughs> I do wonder what the audience is like at a dream. This is what their audience show. is like. They <laughs> drink wine and they zoom in their little iPhones on the guitar player as he's playing the parts. He's, they're like zooming in on his hands so they can go home and watch it in slow motion and try to recreate it. In a lot of ways, Dream Theater are the fish of metal. For one thing, Dream Theater has released nearly 10 live albums. Stop it. Yeah, bootlegs. Stop it. A lot of bootlegs. Look up Dream Theater covering Master of Puppets live and it's the same thing as Fish pretending to cover a song. They're hitting at least half of the correct notes and everything, but none of the song's life force is present. The song's not there. Most of the notes are there, but the song is not there. To me, I think the worst thing that I saw that they ever did, which I didn't even know that they did this, was putting out the cover album. They put out a Metallica fucking cover album. Oh, bro, have you ever listened to that? I listened so to the first cool. track and I was like, it's fucked up. Dude, why would you do this? If you're going to put out a cover, first of all, what kind of dickhead puts out an entire, okay, you put out a cover song. I get that. Everyone does that. Okay. Cover the entire album beginning to end. And then you do it piss poor. Yeah. You're a metal band. They're a metal band. Why are you? Metallica's not a metal band. They're like the metal band. That album is your Bible. Yeah. 
who in their right fucking mind thought this was a good idea? Why would you do this? Because they had the idea. Yeah, and then nobody around them said, dude, no, 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 no. That's a bad idea. Okay, if you're going to cover it, you better do it at least as good or better. And then they just covered it and it sounds like shit. Oh, look at this album and look at all the people that love it and all the soul in it. Let's suck the shit out of it. Look how fucking perfect we can fucking play it. And everyone just goes, why would you do that? Look, I can do it too. Look, we can do it too. Yeah, what the, and well, then, who cares? Well, but what sucks is when you can't, man. I know. Do these people have anyone around them who will tell them, guys, if you're going to cover the entire Master of Puppets album, it should be pretty fucking great. Classic band bullshit. Nobody around them to say, hey, guys, no, 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 no. That's a really bad idea. The title track of the Dream Theater album Octavarium is 24 minutes long. I'm pretty sure you can't even put that on one side of a vinyl 12 inch and have it sound good. Nope. This band sucks conceptually. Like the concept of this band sucks. And the reality is a follow through of how much the concept sucks. You can just look at the song titles and tell that Dream Theater is the worst. Who would even sit down to write a song called Breaking All Illusions or Build Me Up, Break Me Down or Burning My Soul, Bridges in the Sky, Blind Faith. And these are just the ones that start with the letter B. (laughs) These dudes made a two hour concept album about an evil government trying to destroy music. And the good character is called Princess Faith, but spelled weird. And the bad character is named nefarious but spelled weird this would be unacceptable even if the entire idea wasn't a ripoff of 2112 by rush which was also unacceptable this sucked the first time when rush did it you're just making it even worse man i just can't fathom somebody listening to rush and going we should do this we should do this we should do exactly this <laughs> but somehow make but it worse nerdier. Yes. we should do the version of this that gets its ass kicked by the fans of this Rush fans think that Dream Theater fans are nerds. Yeah, it's like Rush fans for sure can beat the ass of every single fucking Dream Theater fan for sure. What's that like? I mean, if Dream, I assume that there are some Dream Theater fans listening to this. What is it like to know that Rush fans are cooler than you? It's pretty fucking brutal, dude. I think the best summation of Dream Theater is if you think of them like Bitcoin. A lot of really complicated jargon sold to you to make you believe that it's really fucking cool. Oh, if I don't understand it, it must be good. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you just don't, if you don't like it, then you just don't get it. Yeah, you're just dumb. That's all it is. You don't, you don't understand what the blockchain is, then you're fucking stupid. And God forbid you would actually go, well, this is, this is worthless. You don't deserve a bored ape. So, So at the end of the day, they're worth fucking zero. That's the truth. There's nothing of value here. There's no value in Bitcoin. There's no value in Dream Theater. Obviously, the lyrics to every single Dream Theater song are terrible, but even their fans and the band themselves seem to know that. So it's not really worth talking about. I don't even know what the lyrics are. I swear to God. I was like, I assume these lyrics are like, flying over the ocean. I see a whale. I've seen a picture of Petrucci wearing a Don't Tread on Me shirt. So a lot of it is like, a, don't tell me what to do. I am the freedom master of the chains. Which makes even less sense for the kind of music that they like, can make. Got all these pissed off lyrics about fuck the man and they're doing like all these like pretty little synth parts. Cool. 
I do love that Mike Portnoy just admitted he didn't want to do this shit anymore and quit the band. I, more musicians should do this. You should just quit your band if you're in a stupid, shitty band like this. For anyone who has like one Dream Theater album and isn't aware of this, it seems like Portnoy basically took a side gig playing for Avenged Sevenfold on a tour, found out what it was like to be in a band that isn't trying to impress music nerds, and quit Dream Theater. So he filled in for the uh, for Avenged Sevenfold? Yeah, before See, quitting Dream yeah, Theater. Well, of course, because this is what happened. He sat down at the drum set every night. He looked out into the sea of people, saw all the smiling faces <laughs> and the people having a great fucking time banging their heads, completely wasted and fighting each other. I don't know what the fuck happens at Avenged Sevenfold Show. I don't want to know. <laughs> women But go. I guarantee you. Yes, <laughs> that's, for one thing, women are there. <laughs> that's right. He looks out <laughs> to the crowd and goes, oh my God, there's 30% of the people here are women. This is crazy. I've never even seen that before at a show. I had no idea that women went to How did you guys shows. do this? You don't play yeah. anywhere near as fast as we do. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. About a year after he left the band, Portnoy started talking about the next Dream Theater album that came out and saying that he he thought it was one of the songs ripped off a song by the band Red. And I've got to assume that his take on that was influenced by his years in Dream Theater and his experience with the way that the band works behind the scenes. So were they doing this the whole time? I'm sure a lot of metal chugging sounds identical to a lot of people. You know, you can't really copy. Oh, yeah, I know that song. You can't, you can't really copyright that shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a ton of Dream Theater fans are going to want to rush in here and think that that is what is under discussion. But no, if you go listen to the song This Dying Soul from Train of Thought and then go listen to Steve Vai's Bangkok Fire Garden Suite from the album Fire Garden, and the dudes in Dream Theater absolutely listen to Steve Vai. I'm pretty sure that Petrucci has been on that G3 guitar tour that Steve Vai has been doing forever. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. hands down the dorkiest concert oh, ticket stub God. you can have in your collection. Would never in a million fucking oh. years go to that. Dude, I got free tickets and I went to it one time at the Ryman. <laughs> and I am not, I'm not a guitar player, A, but B, I was standing there and I was just like, what the fuck is this, dude? It's like, the worst. It's just dudes playing their guitars for fucking an hour at a time. And then Steve Vai comes out at the end and I remember thinking, this is it? It's just some fucking dude going, you know what I mean? Like for fucking hour, Ingve Mumstein played, and so that was oh, that was kind of cool. Just because you know how much of an asshole he is, and that yeah, makes it entertaining. I mean, he sold shirts that said Ingve fucking Mumstein. I was like, I kind of appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's got like an edge to him, whereas the other dude, just, you know, oh god, it fucking sucked. The song Octavarium runs through passages from like five pretty huge hit songs, including the "Mama Just Killed a Man" part of Bohemian Rhapsody. Did the guys in this band think that they were going to get away with that? Like, do you guys think that people aren't going to recognize Bohemian Rhapsody? Dream Theater also seems to have some weird fascination with the band Muse. If you listen to pretty much anything since Muse was a band, Dream Theater is constantly trying to copy something that Muse did first. Certain that I just gave about 20 Dream Theater fanboys their first heart attack scare by pointing that out. But yeah, the dudes in this band listen to Muse a lot and take from Muse a lot. Which I don't know, like are Dream Theater fans also listening to Muse? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. Might be a little too uh, sexy for them. What's this groove? Ew. Dream Theater are also not above ripping themselves off. Most of the dramatic turn of events album is just them 
copying their old shit. They're copying someone else or they're doing something they've already done before. How many times can you pick a different scale? You close your eyes and you point to a random scale in a book and go, oh, I can play that scale really fast. But how many times can you do that before eventually you just start having overlap? I think you're going to lose people pretty quick. I don't know how fucked up I would have to be to listen to an entire Dream Theater album cover to cover. You just wouldn't want to, man. Being high would make it worse. Oh, for sure. Maybe I would have to be like dead sober. This is music for people who think that high and mighty people. I'm better than you because I listen to Dream Theater. I'm better than you because I drink wine. I'm better than you because I don't do drugs. Do you know the pyramids all line up with each other on a line? And therefore, that's proof that aliens are real. And they had electricity and blah, 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 blah. They definitely watch ancient aliens when laying in bed. Well, aliens are real, but if Dream Theater is your favorite band, your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for another AMRAP episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. If this was your first time listening to the show, make sure to give yourself at least a fraction of a chance at understanding what just happened to you by listening to at least one other episode on a band you love and another one on a band you hate. Then do yourself an even bigger favor and get banned from whatever prog metal message boards or Facebook groups you're a member of by posting this episode. Let's see, the 80s and 90s Chicago Bulls music I was talking about is Serious by Alan Parsons Project, so I apologize for saying it was music by a real band. I'm sure it's far too late to stop all the dickheads who think they can win an argument against a podcast by posting a comment on YouTube. But if you've held back this long from saying there are only 12 notes in music and all bands borrow from other bands, well, you might as well stay shutting the fuck up for long enough to listen to our Maroon 5 episode. And you'll learn about a band who has never been accused of plagiarism once. The closest they ever got was building a song on top of Packlebell's Canon in D, which they openly did as an experimental exercise, not to pretend they wrote that shit. And they didn't even have to do that because canon is in the public domain. Maroon 5, better band than Dream Theater. Get it tattooed on your arm so you don't forget. Alright, 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 it brings me great pleasure to announce when the podcast returns, it will be with the fifth installment of our traditional episode on why Christmas music sucks.